Welcome to the Horror Babble Originals podcast. A Baker's Dozen at the Zetland Hotel by Ian Gordon Chapter 5 The Memory Maker Elaine Olson was a quiet soul. At the ripe old age of eighty-two, she'd booked herself a night at the Zetland Hotel in order to escape the humdrum existence her twilight years had become for her. She had few words for the hotelier upon check-in, gave her name and credit card details, and allowed the appropriately aloof individual to show her to room number five. She'd stayed at the Zetland before, in the very same room sixty years earlier, when life was simpler. How fortunate that the hotelier had been able to offer her that room today, so many decades later. Within, she found it to be largely unchanged. The little alcoves and niches, host to colourful lamps and vases, the paintings of strange animals adorning the walls, real and fantastical, the marble mantelpiece, with its elegant walnut clock and brass candle holders, even the four-poster bed, with its intricately carved pillars in the Georgian style. It was all as she remembered it. The view over the North Sea, the vista that had so often visited her on dark, uneventful nights, was precisely the same. She practically sprinted across the room to feast on that view, to inhale it like one's first breath, and to hold it there, till their last. The broad sweep of green that belonged to the hotel, softly illuminated by several graceful lampposts, drew one's eye to the spectral waters beyond. Elaine just couldn't get enough of it. It was like stepping back in time. After a while, the quiet lady took a seat by the window, and caught sight of a small object on the walnut bureau beside her. At first glance, she mistook it for a snow globe, before observing that its surface wasn't at all transparent. The sphere itself, which sat atop a small wooden plinth, looked to be made of solid ebony, or something very much like it. On closer inspection, the eighty-two-year-old saw unusual striations crisscrossing the sphere. The image of a planet or moon sprang to mind, but she couldn't for the life of her name it. Drawn to it now, Elaine picked the object up, and with arthritic fingers traced the grooves across the surface of the sphere. She tapped it lightly, and discovered that it was hollow, but there was no obvious way to open it, and so she simply held it in her hands, enamoured by it. In all her long years she'd never seen anything quite like it. She was certain it hadn't been there when she'd first stayed in room five. An object so captivating would have been very memorable indeed. As the seconds ticked by, it seemed to Elaine that the sphere was radiating warmth. It was a gentle, comforting warmth that made it impossible for her to put it back down. It was intoxicating. Was this strange little object communicating with her? The more she focused on it, 
contemplated its origin and purpose, the warmer it became. How soothing it was! How wonderful! Such an insignificant little thing, really, barely the size of a fist, but so incredibly delightful. The sound of voices outside had Elaine climbing to her feet. Once more she approached the window, and gasped as an unexpected vision met her gaze. Gone were the lawns and the dark ocean. Instead, she found herself looking upon a familiar scene from the distant past, the bustling esplanade of Redcar, its broad beach filled to the brim with joyous holidaymakers, locals and tourists alike. Children danced in the surf, adults huddled in groups, sharing hampers of food and drink, pies, sandwiches, pop and booze. And the extraordinary vision was expanding, wrapping around Elaine, pulling her in, so that now she could actually smell the hot dogs and the candy floss, could hear the shrill cries of the children, the gay banter of the adults, could feel the heat of the midday sun, taste the salt of the ocean in the air. Still clutching the strange little object, she looked down at her hands, expecting to find them crooked and wrinkled, but that wasn't the case at all. Her hands were youthful, plump and smooth, and the demure dress she'd worn to the Zetland had been replaced with a bright yellow two-piece swimsuit. She felt energized, reinvigorated. She was made again. And all the while, the tiny sphere gave off its curious heat, getting ever warmer and warmer, forcing her to cling ever firmer. She couldn't let go of it now, not after this. It was showing her so much. With a renewed sense of confidence and a great deal of excitement, Elaine took a few tentative steps towards the navy ocean. She was fully immersed in the phantasmagoria now, Nothing of the room at the Zetland remained. She was a real, moving part of this scene from the past, as much a part of it now as she had been back then, when she was young and burden-free. Back then, before the marriage and the children, the divorce and the grandchildren, the death of her oldest friends and her declining health. Prior to that had existed only days at the beach, when she was just another spirit, at the beginning of life. No plans, no agenda. A young woman filled with boundless potential. The heat of the sand upon the soles of her feet was indescribable. When was the last time she'd felt such warmth? Through the jovial throng she meandered, past the snakes and ladders, the jigsaws, the monopoly and the chessboards, past the flying disc-throwers, and the energetic dogs in pursuit, past the beach tents and the sandcastles. On she strolled, till her sensitive feet were gifted the cooling relief of the North Sea. Even in her present life, Elaine saw the ocean every day, but she couldn't remember the last time she'd seen it like this, felt it like this, balmy and tranquil, with such unabashed gaiety surrounding her. Umpteen inflatables decorated the calm waters, crocs and swans, flamingos and turtles, one of every colour imaginable, or so it seemed. 
and the sun above, high in the summer sky, filled the hearts of all with a sense of optimism. It was infectious, even to the newcomer. But Elaine knew it wasn't real, knew that it was a glimpse only, a gift, courtesy of the strange object clutched in her hands. Hotter and hotter it was becoming, almost unbearably so. But still, her grip tightened around it, refusing to let go of either it or the magnificent experience it was providing. Sensing that the fantasy was reaching its peak, she turned and stared with bright, sanguine eyes at the scores of people filling the beach. She would take this vision with her, wherever she might go next. She'd remember the joy and the laughter, remember how the temperate sand felt upon her feet, the heat of day on her face. She smiled, then frowned, as the fiery globe shattered in her hands. A blink of an eye, and all was as it was before. Elaine stood by the window of her suite at the Zetland Hotel, gazing across the lawns towards the shadowy ocean, partially lit by a bright moon that was just out of sight. In her crooked hands were a number of ebony fragments. The sphere was irreparably damaged, just like her. But she didn't mind. For the briefest of moments she'd been given a second look at a world long since lost with the passage of time. A liberating experience, all in all. What the mysterious globe truly was, and why she'd been offered such a curious glimpse of the past, were questions Elaine Olson would put to another guest at the Zetland, later that evening. Thanks for listening today. Join us again tomorrow for the next part.